Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 107 in Edmonton. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. And uh, we get uh, some time for a little bit of fun. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Trusted by 630 Chet. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Announced earlier today, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, the edition of Brian Burke. Brian's appearances will begin tomorrow. At 1.30 on Oilers Now. We are going to go interactive. No one's planning the parade here, but the right wings certainly have delivered to date. Give us a call on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They've got Canadian rock legend Burton Cummings standing tall. October 13th. Tickets at RiverCreeResort.com. You can text us, and i got hundreds of texts. I'm going to get to some of them. On our Westlock Ford text line, if you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at WestlockFord.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. I'll tell you, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Restaurants. Three locations in Edmonton and now in Sherwood Park. Japanese Village, Edmonton-owned and operated. A perfect place to celebrate your Special occasion. All right, you can text us at 630-630. We'll open up the phone lines, 780-496-0063. Your thoughts. Do you read too much into what's transpired on the right side? 15 goals from the combination of Ty Ratty, Yesapol Yarvi, and Kyler Yamamoto. Is there any way that all three aren't on the team in your books? What part of the team has you most concerned? I think Cam Talbot's taken a step forward. The team's playing quicker, faster, with better structure. The power play. Five left shots in the power play. And that group hasn't really looked good. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines at 780-496-0063. And I'll get to some texts right now. And then we're going to bring Brendan in after we take a couple calls as well. And we'll go to our Westlock Ford text line. Bob. Uh, here we go. This text comes to us from Mitch uh, Integrator. He says, out of Camrose, Alberta, Bob, I know this is a tough question for you to answer, but uh, was that the best forward group that the Oilers can dress? Did they really miss Strom or Kajula? Look great without them from Mitch the Grader. I, I would say that uh, I think Strom has a place in the top 12. I'd say right now Drake Kajula's fighting like heck. They're fighting like heck is uh, Drake Kajula to be in the mix in the top 12. I don't think, I mean, 
think a strong argument can be made that he's been outplayed and he was a little bit ill to start uh, training camp, but he has not been as impactful as some others. Bob, watching the power play, and it looks like they should leave the lines the same uh, for five-on-five with the power play. I'd put Bouchard and Clefbaum on D and then Benning and Nurse. Plenty of right-hand shots that way. Teach the D shooters to lob the puck in versus rocket it at the net. Uh, unless it's for a one-timer. Your thoughts out of Grand Prairie. Well, right now, five left-shot power play. The Oilers, we mentioned 15 goals coming from uh, right wings. Just from the, the three young right wings. I think Patrick Russell had a couple as well. I don't know if you count that against the Calgary Flames in the first game of the year. So, fair comment. I Just quickly, Brendan, give me uh, 30 seconds. What do you like? What's got you concerned right now? Okay, so first and foremost, uh, right wing position, it's almost comical to me that that was in question coming into the season because of how well they performed. But nobody had ever delivered yet. No, and I understand that. I understand why it was in question, but to me, they've just, they've shown so much. Yes, it's preseason. Yes, last night came against the Canucks, but I'm still pretty impressed. Um, what do you think they're talking about in Vancouver radio today, by the way? <laughs> As they watch Yessa Pugliarvi walk them three or four times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's six of their top seven defensemen that played yesterday. Yeah, I think they're talking about how long of a season it's going to be again in Vancouver. And I absolutely love what they've got up front in Patterson, Besser, and uh, Horvat, but it's not enough right now. The Oilers, like you said, they walked them. Uh, so I think it's really hard to to look at what Raddy and Pugliarvi have done and say we're in trouble on the right side. Whether that holds up over the course of a season, that I'm more skeptical about. Yamamoto for, on the team, yes or no? Absolutely. Okay. I think he's a grinder. He's kind of like a, a Gallagher with a little less grit and a little more skill. I like him a lot. What concerns me well, is... It, uh, it, it, you know, that, 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 I don't know if you know the history of the my wife, uh, the McCaskill family, the Gallagher's, but they're best friends. And uh, I'll tell you this: when it comes to Gallagher, that's that's a great analogy because they both go to the paint. Yeah. That's one thing that both guys do. They pay the price to go to a high traffic area. Yeah, if Yamamoto can be frustrating to play against, I like that. Uh, my concern is the the scoring depth was a problem last year, maybe even the year before. We haven't seen a lot out of Lucic. We haven't seen a lot uh, from Dreisaitl yet. And obviously the skill didn't just vanish. So I'm not worried about that now. But they haven't flashed in the preseason anywhere near as much as the rest of the team has. So we'll have to see how that plays out. All right. Texas at 630, 630. You can call in our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline. 7804960063 that is Brendan Escott we'll go to Travis on line 1 Travis how are you Awesome how are you Good uh, I just wanted to say I remember you mentioned uh, a while back about the power play and having McDavid on the left half wall yes. maybe trying that out but the one thing I don't like about that is he still needs a, a shot his shot is a threat and I don't think you can really do it from that angle So if I was thinking if they didn't if, if they didn't end up having Bouchard this year and going with him on the right half wall, McDavid, why not put him in the left D position, have a new down on the left half wall, he could bounce passes back and forth between him, have Luch in front of the net, and then have the two options for the one-timer with uh, Dreisaitl and um, Clefbaum on the right side. Hmm. What do you think of that? Well, uh, there have been teams that have run with five left-shot power plays. Uh, I know that... um I had this conversation with somebody today. Uh, Detroit obviously had five left shot power plays. Uh, San Jose had tons of movement and had guys moving around, and I think that that's something you'll see with the Oilers guys between McDavid, Ridge, and Hopkins and Drysaddle. Lots of movement. Tampa Bay had a heavy left shot induced power play as well, and I think they might have had a, a ready as a net front presence at this stage of the game. Like it's still a work in progress. They haven't spent a lot of time on it, but. 
it's being brought up on the text line. People are like, you know, Bob, but the, but the only thing that hasn't looked overly effective has been that five-man left-shot unit. So I think questions are fair, and we'll see what sort of movement takes place. How's that but for I, I, Yeah, I could see him moving around up on that left circle. I have lots of time and space. His shots improve big time, so that's a big threat with him. And then he does that sneaky pass to dry saddle yeah. or to flat bomb for the one tee. I got one more concern, and that's with uh, Luch being on dry side of line. I, I really feel like maybe he should move down with Strom and maybe bring in Yamamoto on that third line as a mentoring thing and also kind of protect him a little bit because he does kind of get thrown around quite a bit, Yamamoto. And then put Reader as a good two-way guy with dry sidle and then put Pete, JP up on that line. He's a line driver. We know he's a uh, dry sidle. Okay, well, wait a minute. Okay. All right, just on, just on Paul Yarby. I think in time, Travis, that is what's going to happen, is you're going to see Paul Yarby on the second line. But I'll tell you why I think it works right now for the third line, okay? Because he gets to drive the line when he is on the third line. You know, if you have him with Strom, uh, Strom should be able to play as a third-line center in this league. And Strom's got lots of aspects of his game that he needs to work on. He needs to be uh, more competitive. He needs to become better in the face-off circle. But the one thing he did do when Paul Yarvey was on his line last year is he made Paul Yarvey part of things. And now that Paul Yarvey's taken a progressive step forward, I think he's got a greater chance to be more effective. Um, and he gets third-line matchups to start. I could foresee a scenario halfway through the year where Paul Yarvey ends up with dry settle, but I think he's in the right slot to start. Also, regarding Lucic, I think you, you have to play him in the top six out of the gate because you can't lose him, Right. I, I yeah. think you got to give him. Yeah. Fans aren't going to like hearing that because he's such a polarizing player. But to start the year, for me, he has to be in the top six and he has to be on the first unit power play. He does. And they got to get him going. They got to build some momentum with him and get him going early to get him back because he, you know, by the end of last year, he wasn't a part of things. He needs to be a part of the mix. So. Hypothetically, if you rolled with uh, Ratty first line right wing, Yamamoto second line right wing, Paul Yarvey third line right wing, you had Nuge first line left wing, you had Lucic second line left wing, and let's say you had Reader or Kara third line left wing, I think you can live with that out of the gate. But I do think Paul Yarvey's going to force the issue at some point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just I see with the working in pairs kind of thing. I think you mentioned that before. Yep. Nice seeing a couple guys that click. I just hope you know if this drive side of line doesn't pop, they better they better do something about it. Okay. If they got fair awesome. call. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, bet seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And let's face it, five-on-five, five, Dreisaitl and Lucic, they've only played two games, but they haven't necessarily knocked it out of the park. Let's go to Brad on line two. Brad, you're in orders now. How are you doing? Good yourself? Good. Good. Uh, I don't look too much into the lines because by game three, McClellan will have it in the blender. So... Uh, but what I do like is I like that um, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid are still, uh, they still have that chemistry from last year. Yes. Which is very important. Um, I really like, and I knew he was fast, but for some reason yesterday I really realized how fast he was, Puliarvi. There was a couple times where I had to blink and I thought it was he, actually- he wasn't that, Brad. He was not that explosive last year. Okay. He's quicker and faster and stronger and than he, he was last year. Oh, he just, I, I don't know if you had to say, there was a couple times I blinked and I actually thought it was McDavid carrying the puck, but it was him. So that's one thing I really like. And I'm starting to 
see why he potentially that fourth pick wasn't traded at the draft now, so I'm really happy. Um, what I don't like is how dry has looked this year. He probably made at least a half a dozen blind passes. Yep. And he has not looked like an $8 million guy. And everybody says how that second line needs to be maybe shooken up. I'm sorry, but Drysdale is getting paid $8 million a year. He better drive that damn line. I agree with you. He has to drive that line. I, I, I and, and that's why I don't mind. You know what? We know McDavid's going to drive a line. And I, I can make an argument that if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the second best player on your line, you probably got a pretty good line. So, yep. right, I mean, when Nugent Hopkins played with, with Taylor Hall, Taylor was the driver, but Nugent Hopkins was a very effective support player in that role, and he's going to be very effective supporting Connor McDavid. Leon has to, he, you know what, he got the contract, it comes with the territory. It's that simple. At yeah, eight, now, people say, well, wait a sec, Stoffer, what about Lucic? I don't think at this stage, I think Lucic has got to do it differently. You know what I mean? But And, and so I, my my attitude is, but David drives, drives one line, Drysaddle's got to drive the next line, and Paul Yarby in third-pairing matchups based upon his maturation and growth has a chance to be a driver for the third line, and I like that. I like that they have a guy in each line that can... And, and eventually, I, Paul Yarby's going to play higher, for sure. But yeah. right now, I like the makeup of what they got. I don't mind. I don't mind Lucic. Like I know he didn't get a lot of goals last year. Last year was a rough year. But if you look at his career, he consistently, other than last year, got you 50 points. Now the one thing good about Lucic is he can play in your first, your second, your third, and your fourth. He gets cranky on the fourth, but he can play up and down the line because of what he brings. Yeah, and not everybody's going to agree. Gonna... Not everybody's like, uh, you know, we're going to get texts in our 630-630 text line, Westlock 4 text line. They're not going to like that I said he needs to start the season on the second line left. They need to keep him engaged and not lose him. out of, out of Like, he needs to create a more positive environment for himself, right? And, of course, 75% of what he does is on him for Lucic. But the other 25% the Oilers can help him with, and that means keeping him in the mix in his spot and keeping him on the first power play unit. So I have one more question for you. Everybody's talking about Bear or Bouchard. Yes. Now, I don't know the numbers. But I know we know Sector is coming back. Yeah. Now, it's easy to send Bear back and forth between the AHL it and is. the NHL, correct? Yeah. Bouchard, when we send him, he's gone for the year. Yes. So... Everybody's saying, well, Bouchard should make the team. Well, let's go down to scenario one. Bouchard makes the team, bears in the AHL, and Secker comes back. What do we do? Benning out? No. Who's Secker's going to have to earn his way back in, and it's going to be a yeah, long absolutely. road to hoe. It's going to be a long road to hoe for him. Uh, absolutely, but the fact is we're still paying him – we know Sacker's a good defenseman. They can, they're yeah. going to get the cap relief on him, but from you know October the third until January first, because they'll absolutely right. So they'll get the cap but relief. Yeah, the fact is he's still coming back. Maybe. So, yeah, okay, but the, well, he's coming off a torn. He's coming off a torn ACL. And then a ruptured yeah. Achilles. I mean, those are two difficult injuries to return from. There is no guarantee that he's up and running by January first, especially especially at thirty three. Unless he's retiring, he's coming back this year. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and he'd be maybe he's slotted as the number seven defenseman when he returns. Okay, but don't you think it's for the math and the development of Bouchard? Even though he's doing, he's probably the better. 
the more probably been Brad, the fourth best defenseman. Brad, in the most likely scenario for Bouchard, is that he starts the year here. He gets seven, eight, or nine games. He's got to play, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, maybe he gets sat for one game, but he probably, for the sake of argument, he plays nine out of ten games. And it's not even being sitting down. It's him looking from the right, block. Right, and then for, the game down. And, and then they make the decision on him, and the more likely scenario is that unless he kills it, he's probably going back to London at that stage. It also buys and Peter. And Bears coming up. It, Potentially, or Peter Shirelli, uh, you know, works something else out. I, I, I like again. I could see Bear getting. I could see Bear starting the year in Bakersfield and Bouchard starting the year here, and by November fifteenth, Bouchard's playing for the London Knights and Bears up here. I could see that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I could also see yeah. the Oilers potentially acquiring another defenseman at some stage in the first six weeks of the regular season. Or waivers. Or waivers. You got to explore it all. You got to be relentless. PTOs, and, like we got a Russell, right? Yeah, that one. Well, he wasn't a PTO. Like in Russell's case, he was a free agent. No, no, I know, but he's yeah, a free agent. And, and remember when? Remember, remember when Shirelli did it? It was the end of September when he did it, right? It might have even been the yeah. first week of October. We're in that range right now. We so, traded not Neil Yakubov to get Caprile to sign him. Right. I mean, I'll give you a guy right now. Like I'm looking at Boston, and they got Matt Greslick. Okay, so there's a guy that uh, Keith Kretzky drafted that I'm not even sure Boston knew what they had. He's making $1.4 million, and I know Joe Haggerty reported last week that Matt Greslick might not make their team. Well, that wow. is, that's the type of player uh, who can skate and move the puck. But, I mean, think of the situation Boston's in. They got McAvoy and Brandon Carlo on the right side. They signed John Moore. Um and on the left side, uh, they got Chara, they got Krug. I'm missing somebody else decent. Like they got six pretty good defensemen. Oh, Miller, or is Miller? Anyways, the bottom line is they got six guys, and right now Greslick's looking like the number seven D. So, I, and I just bring that up because there's a, now, if I'm Boston, I don't think Boston and Edmonton are ever going to make a deal. So, but if they put him on waivers, that's the type of guy that an organ, and he's making one point four million. So now maybe they decide to keep him there as a the number seven defenseman. I don't know, yep. but because the, they got Camphier, who to me is the type of guy you want as a number seven defenseman, because you know he's he's not making one point four million; he's making seven hundred k. Brad, thanks for the call. Thank you. Yep, one twenty-five in Edmonton. I'll get to some more texts in a second. We'll take a quick break. This is Oilers now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. Two quick pieces of news for you. Corey Perry out five months, knee surgery. Seth Jones out four to six weeks, MCL sprain. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Todd McClellan today explaining why the Oilers practice at 9.30 a.m. feel like what the practices will feel like over in Europe to begin with. Um, you know, a little sluggish to begin with, but there was some pace at the end. I thought the players did a good job of that. Um, the lifeline for a number of players still exists, but it's shrinking by the day, so the games are still vitally important, um, and we expect everybody to perform um, as well as they possibly can. That is uh, the Edmonton Oilers, Tom McClellan. We'll get to another clip from him in the final half hour of the show. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell, Daniel Nugent Bowman, now uh, based in Edmonton with The Athletic when we return in Oilers now.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.